So, beloved, good evening to you all. Paxo, thumbs up. All right. So, beloved, we thank God for bringing us to the sixth Sunday of Easter. And I just want to maybe um, reflect with you briefly, say a few words about the gospel reading which we've heard tonight. Just a few thoughts. Um, for those of you who probably were at Mass on Friday, the readings we reflected on were practically the same as those we read for the first reading. We're reading from Acts chapter 15, um, the event of what is known as the Council of Jerusalem. And practically what the apostles were doing was to try to... Um, to create harmony or create peace in a community that was threatened by division, division between uh, Gentiles and Jews, between pagans and Jews, and so on and so forth. Now, why I'm beginning to say this is because, as you will soon realize in your life, one of the things that we need by all means, by all means, is peace of mind and peace of heart. And we need that, especially at home. There is nothing as terrible as having a hard day going to work or going to school, coming back home, or if you like, coming back to a house which is not a home. to a place where you don't have peace of mind. I suppose that even on campus, if your roommates are not that agreeable, you might end up spending your whole life in the library, even though you are not studying. So, um, home or a place that you call home should be a place of peace. It should be a place where you can rest, not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, etc., etc. And that is why I believe that um, the readings are talking about this. Now, if you reflect on our readings, which are from uh, the gospel reading from John chapter 14, um, reading from verses 23 through 29, you notice that, in fact, John 14 begins in verse 1 by saying, in my father's house there are many mansions. So, in fact, John 14 opens with the idea of home, a place in heaven where we shall have a final resting place where it's the Father's house and there is peace and there is tranquility and there is joy and so on and so forth. And that is why if you read this passage, in fact, from verse 23, the first thing it says is that if you keep my commandments, um, then my Father and I will come and make our dwelling with you. So the dwelling is, is, is the key thing when we read from John chapter 14. Okay. The first point is that the Father will come 
and we will make our dwelling with you. So that's the first thing. The first concept in tonight's reading is the concept of a dwelling. And I'm just explaining to you why a dwelling is important. Because that's where you rest after a hard day's work, after struggle, and so on and so forth. That's why I'm praying for all of you that you'll have good marriages. I always hear the ladies louder than the gentlemen when I speak of marriages. I don't, I'm not sure. But because a good marriage makes a good home, isn't it? And it's a place where you relax, where your mind and your heart and your soul is at, is at rest. The only thing better than marriage is being a priest, you know. That's a joke. It's a practical joke. Don't take me seriously. But, but it's, that's important. It's important for a Christian to have a home, a place where he can rest emotionally. And, and you can imagine what this seems to be so important to Jesus that he says that the Father will come and I will come and with you we shall make that. Okay, so there cannot be a place of rest. There cannot be that home without the Father and the Son, without the presence of God in your life. So let's underline that. If we want to build a home, a place of rest, a place of peace, and so on and so forth, we need the Father, we need the Holy Spirit, we need the Son to be with us. Then we can create around us an ambience of hope. That's important. That's why, you know, um, you've heard the saying before, the family that prays together stays together. We need God in our lives to create that dwelling, that peaceful place of home. About two weeks ago, um, the Archbishop was uh, with us blessing a new residence for Divine Mercy Church, and I was there with Father Destiny. And after the Archbishop had blessed the house, um, the first thing he said to Father Destiny and myself, he said, pray together. In fact, he was very insistent. He said, pray together. He repeated about three times, pray together. And I, I, we understood, both of us understood immediately what he meant. Because without prayer, without the presence of God, you can't create a home. It will be a house. I remember that. Now, as we travel in our reading from verse 23, John 14, 23, when he speaks about the Father and the Son coming to dwell with you, the next thing he talks about in verse, 20, verse 25, he says that the Spirit, we heard in our reading today, the advocate, in Greek, the parakletos or the paraclete, will come and he will, he will teach you all the things and he will remind you of all the things that I taught you. So from the dwelling, the next thing we talk about is the paraclete who is coming to remind us of all the things that Jesus taught. And you see, as I was reading this verse 25, so after speaking about the dwelling, the home, he speaks about the paraclete and the work of the Holy Spirit, it struck me so deeply because you see, that what he says is that the Spirit will come and it's as if the Spirit doesn't have anything new to say. 
What the Spirit is coming to do is to remind you of the things that Jesus taught you. It's very interesting. And you see, if you read from John's Gospel, from John chapter 13, following, and you, you read about the things that Jesus was talking about to his disciples at the Last Supper. In fact, that's what this whole passage of Scripture is talking about. What was he talking about? Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another. He keeps repeating it. John chapter 13, again and again, love one another. So you see, to be in, in, in a dwelling, you know, and, and to be with the Father and the Son, and to love one another, what the Spirit is coming to remind you is what Jesus has already told you. If we want to live together in love, if we want to live together as a family, we have to follow God's commandment of love. So first, he says that we'll have a dwelling. Second is what we should be doing in that dwelling. And that is following what the Spirit is going to remind us of the words of Jesus, to love one another as he has loved us. So you can see there are two things here. The first thing is that we need a dwelling in which there is the Father and the Son. In that dwelling, the Spirit must come to teach us of the words of Jesus. And what is the teaching about is the teaching of love. And so there cannot be a home, there cannot be a dwelling that is not founded on the words of Jesus. And the fundamental word of Jesus is the word of love. In fact, that is why the reading began by saying, if you keep my commandments, the Father will come and we shall make our dwelling with you. So that's what the Spirit comes to do. The Spirit comes to remind us of the words of Jesus. And the word of Jesus is the word of love. Then he comes into verse 26 and 27. And what does he say there? Then he says, the Spirit whom the Father has given you, is now going to give you the last gift. Peace I give you, my peace I give to you. He says, not as the world gives do I give this peace. So you can see the three movements. First and foremost, there's the dwelling. Second, there is the teaching of the Spirit. And the result is a peace that the world cannot give. Peace I live with you my peace I give you in verse 27. So that is what the Spirit is going to give us, peace. Now the question is that why does he say that this is a peace that the world cannot give? What kind of peace is it that the world cannot give? Now you see, if you go through Scripture, and even if you consider our days, there is a peace that the world gives. In fact, you know how your name is the Pax Romana, isn't it? Pax Romana. But what was the meaning of the Pax Romana? <laughs> it means the peace from Rome. I know it means the peace from Rome. But you see, the peace from Rome meant that in a certain time in the history of Rome, there was a powerful emperor who had conquered all the earth. He had conquered the Persians. He had conquered the Greeks. And the Roman emperor was ruling. And for that reason, there was only one voice in the empire. Only one person could talk. You can't challenge the emperor. 
When he speaks, that's it, and there's peace. But you see, that kind of peace is the peace that comes from conquest, from a conquering power who subdues his foes so that they can't rise up, and then there is peace. And Jesus says that's not the kind of peace he's talking about. You see, there are many people who are looking for peace, but the kind of peace that they suggest is the peace of subjugation. It's the peace of conquest. It's the peace of trying to outdo my neighbor. And Jesus says, no, that's not the kind of peace we're talking about. And that's why he says that the peace that I give, this world cannot give. The peace that Jesus gives, the peace that the Spirit is about to give, is the peace that emerges from love, from sacrifice. In fact, when the Jew speaks of shalom, it is a peace that has to do with the well-being of everyone. It's about your good and my good, not just my good. That is the kind of peace that Jesus is talking about. And that is what makes for a home, makes for a family. There are certain homes, or maybe I should put it houses, that when you enter, you hear only one person's voice. The whole house is very quiet. It gives the semblance of being a peaceful house. But that's not the case. It's rather a house in which everyone is afraid to talk. So only one voice reigns. There is peace. No, not that kind. This is a home where everyone is tolerated. Everyone is loved. There's space for everyone to talk, to communicate, to share. That is the kind of peace we are talking about. And this is what the church is supposed to be, beloved. This is what all your groups and your societies are supposed to be. This is the ideal of the choir, of the ushers, of the mass service, of the entire church, of the Pax Romana that we have. A place where, number one, people feel at home. A place where, number two, the criterion of behavior the law, the criterion of, of, of behaving in the community is the criterion of love. Not, not rules, no, it's love. And the third thing is that it is a place where there is not a peace that comes from outside of this, of this world, a peace that comes from this world, no. It's a peace that the world does not give. A peace that accommodates, that is full of love, of tolerance for one another. Not of conquest, not of shutting down, not of subjugation, but of sharing. That is what it is. So, beloved, let's reflect one and all on, on our homes, on our families, on our societies and the church, and so on and so forth. And let's use this, these three points as the criterion for building homes for building those spaces where people feel at home, where people feel welcome. That should be our vision. 
God. That was the vision of Jesus as he was leaving his disciples, as he was speaking to them at the Last Supper. That is what he desires that we build. But today we pray um, for our church community. We pray for our various societies. We pray for our homes that the peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that Jesus alone gives, will reign in our homes, in our families, above all, that it will reign in our hearts. May God bless us. Amen.